The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain content that some listeners may find offensive and language and games. Lots of games. This is not streaming live to you, but we did have the interview live with a streamer. So kind of make sense put some sound effects in the streamers streamers yeah they don't make any sounds no what if i put some sound effects in an actual stream yes ah flowing water yeah like the flowing waters of norway the fjords the fjords okay i'll give that a bash Welcome to Seesaw Podcast. With your hosts, T, Cleves and Selena. Every week, bringing some much-needed balance and humour to brighten up what can sometimes be a dark, disabled world. Welcome back, one and all, to Seesaw Podcast, the show that is much like a Norwegian feud. And I don't even know if that's something that's in Norway. You're looking to a man that went to Oslo once. Oh. I went to a Viking museum. How was it? Pretty good, actually. Awesome. So, this week, we are joined by another fantastic guest. We have Arevia, who is a Twitch streamer, content creator, with a lot of gaming stuff, but also talks about accessibility and inclusion within gaming. It's a really good chat. So, open your ears. Arevia, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Before we get started, if you would like to introduce yourself, and if you're comfortable, uh, because we have a disability show covering your disability. Yes, of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Arevia, and I'm a disabled and chronically ill content creator from Norway. I am a streamer and a TikToker and all those words. Somebody calls it influencer. That goes like a chill down my spine when I say that word because of all the connotation with it. (laughs) But I make content online, learning people about disability and accessibility when it comes to gaming. I am chronically ill and disabled, but I am born with something called cerebral palsy, which is a small brain injury I got when I didn't get enough oxygen, when I was leaving the womb entering the world, seeing the light, whatever people want to call it. I didn't get enough oxygen. Uh, Part of my brain said, nope. And I have consequences for that today. And also now I'm older, I have stomach problems like every girl in this universe have. And But I also have PTSD and arthritis, which is a bit more serious, and migraines and all that funny jazz that makes it so that I can't do everything that I wish I could do, but it's just how it is. From what I've seen, you, you don't let it phase you. So, 
if you're jumping right into it, I always when people I think this might be and please tell me if you guys agree or not. But like, is this a disability thing that we just love the Internet, but the rest of the world is just like, oh, my God, the Internet is a horrible place where all the horrible <laughs> things happen. But we are just like, oh, my God, the Internet is this place that I can make a lot of time as accessible as I wanted. And I can meet other people like me. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, where did the name Arevia come from? Oh, okay. So many moons ago, when I was a young one, and we had a game online that everybody played called RuneScape. Oh, God. I, I remember a, that. Yes. <laughs> That's a so, very early noughties kind of. Yeah. yeah. I was at my cabin where I was luckily having a cabin growing up. And uh, smart as I was, I fell on the way up. Uh, like ski resort thing and like I fell backwards and my ski was caught in like the um, the ride so I got dragged up for like so so many meters before they got me down oh. uh, you can think about my foot wasn't good after that and I was like the start of the Easter or something like that and here in Norway if you have a cabin and it's Easter all you do is go skiing so I was left at the cabin. My parents were just like, you survived. Congratulations. We are going skiing. You can stay in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I have my PlayStation. I have played a million games a million times. So I found RimWorld because I was just, no, not RimWorld, uh, RuneScape, because I was just like, I'm bored. I want to do something, game something. And I was like reading Lord of the Rings and Aragog on all those books. And I was just like, Arevia, that sounds like an elven name. So something I found, like, just made up when I was 14 has sticked with me for over half my life now. So that is how Arevia came to. And I was one of those annoying RuneScape players who just, like, got undressed in the game and, like, said I wanted to fight people. And then yeah. I just, like, hit them, stole their stuff and ran. So <laughs> the first impression of my name wasn't good for people who met me. But, yeah, it just stick with me. <laughs> That's cool. What I'm also interested in is what's it like to be a disabled person living in Norway? Is it good for people with a disability over there? So this is a bit hard question for me to answer because I grew up not knowing I had cerebral palsy. When I was born in like early 90s, um, the doctor actually told my mom and dad, well, she doesn't look disabled, so just don't tell her uh, because it's better <laughs> for kids if they just think they are quote-unquote normal because that was what we said at that time so I grew up and thinking like oh I'm just lazy oh I'm just I I just don't know how to human and yeah. uh, it's really actually a sad story because my mom then when I was in high school had to take me outside and just like it's not your fault that you can't run as fast as everybody else and you struggle with things it acts actually because you have something called cerebral palsy and then it took another 10 years before I first time went to a hospital and got it checked up again and learned about it. So it's a bit hard for me to say. It is actually just the last couple of years that I have taken the title of being disabled. Before that, I looked at myself as able-bodied. And I am I'm from a town in Norway called Bergen, and we are like almost like the French people from, from Norway. We just like, if we need want something, we just say it really loud. And <laughs> So like, I don't have that like stop right now. If I need help to something, I just say it out loud. Like, oh, help me, somebody. 
So like, I, I don't get that maybe so other people get. So this is why it's a bit hard for me to answer because I actually don't know. Mm. I, I think we have better from what I'm reading for my fellow UK friends on Twitter with like, you, you guys have something called PIP for getting yeah. disability benefits. Yeah. yeah. I've heard horror stories and let's just say it's not that much better in no way. But at least when you get like what we we call it disability benefits, and when you get it, they don't come and check things. I've heard rumors that you guys like get checked. Like it's such a horrible thing. But yeah, so we don't have that. It still is like for me, it took me seven, eight years to get disability benefits. I have it 50%. So I have 50% working, 50% disability benefits. So that is better. But in general, I think it is like... <laughs> We are, I, I don't want to say this, but I know it's true. We are looked at as second, like the second part of society. We're not totally part of society yet. Mm. Like we are afterthought. We are like a lot of those, those things in the same way. Like our cases aren't pulled up in a newspaper. People look at us as a sad story. We are disability porn. We, we have all of these same things but i think that is a universal thing i don't think that is no way in england isn't that far from each other that it's that big of a change let's get into to streaming so how did you get into it i started actually streaming because i was lonely it's just like i like that everything you ask i just come with this bomb of sadness <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was just that i so i have watched so when i was 16 i had like um a boyfriend dan like young love and he showed me yogs cast and i was just like this is the coolest freaking thing on earth and then he showed me pewdiepie and i was just like oh this is really the coolest thing on earth and then I was just like, I want to do that. And I never did it. And then the years went by and I am together with my now fiance. And he, I have, to, I talk about like, oh, I want to start streaming like every week. And he's just like, in the end, he's just like, bitch, get a fucking grip. And he bought <laughs> me for our anniversary. He bought me Fallout 4 because we moved together. He had a PlayStation and he was just like, you can stream from the PlayStation and he sat me down and said, I'm going out with the boys now. We're going to like do a band session thing, Madigi. You yeah. are going to stream. And when I go home, I'm going to ask you how it went. And you're going to tell me. And I was just like, yes, I'm going to do that. So I started my first stream because I have complained for weeks and months and maybe years that I was lonely because I was disabled and chronically ill and always sleeping. And he was out there studying we were both studying and he was like experienced the studying life and i was studying going home sleeping and he was just like you need to do something you're going to literally end up being a mush if you don't do anything <laughs> so i started in like just being lonely and then i got friends and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew and then all of a sudden i started talking about my disability and it turned out that half my community is also have problems and that's how I ended up here today. How did you narrow down like your type of content? I don't have I really narrowed down. I have. I think I have. I do a lot of indie games, but mm. sometimes I have to do the big AAA. But it was just like I like the weirdness with indie games. Yeah. There's just something charming about it. Like I play I play so many weird games and it's just like I feel like indie games is a way of seeing humans. 
But it's just like AAA, they were so polished and they're so beautiful and they're so done and they're so perfect. And I love them for that. But they're also 120 hours and five games you need to understand and two shows you need to look at. And then it like this little indie game for eight hours come to you and say like, hey, I made this in my mom's basement and it's about a fancy dream I once had. And it's also a disability representation. Do you want to try it? And I try it. And it's the funniest eight hours I have. And then it's done. <laughs> it's never yeah. more. It's never again. It's never anything else. That is it. And it's just sort of like a moment in time of seeing someone else's brain human. And I love that. So you, you talked about AAA gaming, but also independent uh, developers. I think for a lot of people with accessible gaming, uh, the Last of Us Part Two kind of set the standard. So, for you, what do you think is the minimum that people should be doing for accessibility in gaming? And do you think everyone, regardless of whether they're an indie or whether they're, like, say, AAA gaming, should be shooting for that uh, Last of Us? And if anything, as well, oh, it's just like kind of three questions in one. Do you, do, you think, <laughs> do you think the Last of Us didn't do anything or, or could be improved on? So second question first, should everybody be like Last of Us? Hell no, because that would stop every single game. Like that, like what they did there is like you are asking Houston, like people to run like Houston Bolt. Like that doesn't work. They had a team. They had years. They had experience. Should triple A games inspire to be like them? Yes. Should indie? No, because... As or I, hmm, ooh, maybe on unpopular opinion here, but I think that it's important for indie games to be allowed to say, "I don't, I can't do this. I can't do this part of accessibility." When we think about game accessibility, we we think about five things: accessibility for sight, accessibility for hearing, accessibility for motor skills, so like your hands and feet, and like how you interact with the game. Accessibility for cognitive problems like me with my PTSD or if you have autism or if you have just some cognitive problems that makes it harder for you to understand or understand information. And then speech accessibility. So I think it's more important for like small indie games to think like, okay, this is the vision I have for the game. I'm a story driven game. The most important thing in this game is the people to understand the story. Okay, then you don't need to have a lot of like difficulty accessibility because that isn't even a thing in your game. But what you need to is to make sure most people understand the story you want to convey. So then if you're really story driven, think about text size. Think about, okay, but if they can't read, can they hear? But if they can't hear, is there anything else you can do? Think about contrast so that your text is read uh, readable. Think about, or if is there a feeling of the game you want to rely on? How can you rely on that if you're missing one of your senses or if you can't interact with the game in quote-unquote the average way of using a standardized controller? These are the things I think is more important to think about. And a good example of that is the first game I ever reviewed was Chia. It's an indie game. from It's based... Uh, on the indie developers' love for the home island, which is New Caledonia, which have a long history of colonization. They decided to only have the game in two languages, the colonization language and their original language. Their decision to not bring out this game in English 
trumps the need of people's accessibility in this case. This is just a one case thing. And some people like disagree with me and that is okay. But I think that their artist was just like, nope, we want it. But what they did though is that, oh my God, that text size in that game is so big. Yeah. Like, and you have like a journal system. So like I, who have some cognitive problems can like check up the, the journal system, always know wh- where I am. So it's the, it's the thing of saying, if they were to be as accessible as lots of us, you had missed the beauty and the love they were trying to show for the home country, which was so important to their language. That game cannot be spoken in English because it should never be spoken in English because it isn't the English right to speak that game. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's a controversial take because I know some accessibility advocates are just like everything needs to be accessible all the time. But I think that just stops the, it just makes people go, well, I can never make you happy. So I'll just not do anything. For someone that that has a disability that um, gets worse over time, are there any games that you would recommend to someone I guess that's a broad term because it depends on the disability. But yeah. let's say there are is someone that used to play games, um, but for whatever reason they can't now. Are there any games that you think are particularly accessible that you think, do you know what, give this one a try? I think first and foremost, so if we if we look in the category I talked about earlier, when it comes to blind accessibility, highly recommend try God of War, try Sea of Thieves, or try um, Last of Us because they have high contrast mode. And they also had audio descriptions. So no matter where in the spectrum of blindness, if I can uh, call it that, Mm -hmm. uh, you lay, like what is your needs and accessibility needs? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That game, one of those games most likely will be able to accommodate you. When it comes to hearing accessibility, there is sites you can just check how big the text is. That is actually something they're really, really good at. So I don't have like a, the three games I just said do have like extremely large checks if you need that. When it comes to cognitive accessibility, that one is a bit hard because like, what is the problem? Is the problem that you just can't do complex like puzzles, Nintendo. Wow. I, myself, so uh, if somebody don't know, so cerebral palsy is something that affects your motor skills, but it also affects how your brain interpretate information. So even though I am so mildly, have such a mild case that you can't look, see it at me, I still have a lot of brain fatigue that is also have due to pain. And I have a lot of like, sometimes information just, I have a lag. My brain says, hold on, I need to be Internet Explorer for two seconds. You're not going to understand this. So I myself then loves to play Lego games because you can't die. Because those games are just for fun. So when I'm tired and I just need to like game just to have fun, Lego games are my like go to. Uh, And Nintendo, even though they are highly inaccessible, most of their games, but they are games with children in mind that we all grown-ups also can absolutely have fun with because i love them bits of them and you can have fun with them and there is 
almost always a way to complete the game. Maybe not 100% it, because that can be co too complex. If you have motor problems, have you tried playing with your feet? <laughs> that is what I always say, because I that was like, I got worse and worse and worse with my hands because of my arthritis. And then someone would just like, you talk about accessibility, but have you tried playing with your feet? And I was just like, ah, but I'm not that ill. Talk about the uh, internalized ableism uh, you think <laughs> about, but I, I don't need that, do I? But I'm lazy if I do that, aren't I? But then my community co-founded uh, uh, co um, Xbox Adaptive Controller for me, and I started playing with my feet, and I 100% did Crash Bandicoot 3 remastered. Mm. And I did that because I had my feet to game with. So it all depends. Like, I wish I had, like, mm. to say, like, this game, you could play it because it's accessible, but it all depends on what your needs are. I'm curious to know, um, when it comes to creating the content that you do, are there any barriers? So, and I talk about this a lot when I talk to companies and stuff, because they're just like, is there any barriers that you cannot get over? And for me, there are nearly none. I can manhandle my way through most in life. But the problem is that when I do manhandle me through something like a game, there is consequences of pain, infection in my joints, uh, brain fatigue, tiredness, fatigue in general, and so on and so on. So for me, my life goes on a, like, I'm on a tightrope all the time of finding the correct balance of doing enough so I get mentally stimuli and body stimuli, like a stimuli in general of life and just have fun and not do too much so that I am out for a week. So I don't have any of those like, oh, but I can't see what is happening on this app or I can't hear it or stuff that a lot of other disabled people have that is generally big accessibility concerns. What I do have is that I can't produce on the level that other does. Like I do reviews of games and then they send me the game two days before and ask, can you review it? No, I can't. If I don't have it in my plan in a month before, I cannot do it. And I have to say no to so many things I want to do because they don't understand how my disabled life is working. And and since I have like brain fatigue and stuff like that, it's one thing when I just talk to you guys and just nearly willy answer things. But if I make a YouTube, I actually need to set up a teleprompter because I cannot memorize a long document of words. That is impossible. Even my TikToks are mostly made with a teleprompter because I don't have the mental load of remembering things so those are more the barriers of the system aren't made for somebody who is as slow of making things as i am mm -hmm. so it's more the system in general and it's just hard and it's like when i go on holiday because i need like once a year i take like a long holiday and i need it and then people send me mail and then they get angry because i don't answer even though, and ironically enough, they write in the mail and say, like, we love to work with you because you're a disability representation in the game industry. And then they reprimand me for not answering them quick enough on their time schedule. So, like, the understanding is just not there, which is what I miss, of course. But I think there is more pressing matters of, like, text size and accessibility for blind and deaf. I think that is more important than my needs. But because it's actually, it's the difference between not being able to manhandle your way through something and actually not getting access at all. I have got a, a question on, on barriers as well. And 
of course, you're, you're engaging with your community through Twitch, uh, through TikTok. And let's face it, there are some horrible people out there. I mean, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, have you had much in regards to that? Because you, you do advocate for disability and accessibility. Do you, have you had to moderate and sort of deal with any sort of negativity around that, not necessarily your content? Oh, yeah. Like everyone to put their face out there, somebody is going to try and hit you. Like, and it doesn't, it, of course, in my case, it has to do with the fact that I am a woman, I am bisexual, and I'm disabled. Like, pick one of them, somebody is going to hate it. But there is always a reason for people to hate you out there. So I didn't think, I think everybody gets it. But yeah, like, oof, I have had so many people, like, there's scandals, and I tweet a lot, and some of my tweets go insane viral, and then people just like, say like you all you shouldn't exist in the comments i think maybe that i'm too old to care anymore i i don't know i've been on the internet for all my life like i grew up on the internet i had unlimited internet access internet access when i grew up the things no kids today should ever had because oh my god the things i saw but like (laughs) i i it's it's water off a duck's back but I have the best fiance. Everybody has the best fiance, but I do have the best fiance for me. Because when I cry, because I am an emotional being, I start crying and he comes in and he is not an emotional being. And I love him so much for it because he looks at me and he's just like, what are you crying about this time? And I'm just like, somebody online has been mean to me. And then he says, what did I say? And then I read it out and like, oh, they said like, I should go jump in front of a bus or something or I'm ugly. And then he looks at me and he and then he starts laughing. And for some people that would be horrible. But this is our relationship. It works. And he starts laughing and he's just like, imagine being so lame. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine you go over to somebody just wanting to make the world like more accessible, but not taking away from anyone. It's like, it's like he was just like, it's like somebody going over to kids, sell, like not selling, giving away lemonade on the side of the road and kick them in the face. And then I start laughing. And then that is sort of been my new mantra. But like you learn to cope with it, I hope. And if you don't learn to cope with it, that is also okay. Then get somebody you that can learn you to laugh about it because these people are nothing like nobody or or they maybe are like a politician because for some reason they can just say the most vile things online and not get away with, and get away with it but like they are people who yeah. for me they don't matter I, I i i believe what i do is correct and i don't hurt anybody with asking for my access yeah. and what would your advice be for others wanting to get into streaming? So my advice be, and it's the worst advice and it's the best advice, and I'm so sorry for saying this, but you just have to do it. It's it's like riding a bike. And a lot of people think that streaming is like, oh, but you're just talking or you're just making game, playing games or just whatever you want to do. But it's a skill set like anything else. And if you have friends that you can ask to come and watch you. That is nice. Maybe you have some friends you can play with because that is always fun to watch. Mm. And if you, so you should just like jump into it, try. But if that isn't possible for you, find yourself a community in the form of like, okay, but do you have a streamer you watch? 
a lot of them have their own like self promote in the discord and i'm not saying not do not go into the chat and go like i'm going to go live now no but like <laughs> then maybe you can find friends with like common interests because the thing is that so like on my discord i have a self promote channel people come in there say they're going to go live and if i'm just sitting here working i jump into their to their stream and it, that is i think what is mostly hard because we see these big streamers and they look I have like millions of people or thousands of people in the chat all the time. But like 90% of my chat is quiet. So I can have 25, 29 people in my chat or in my stream. And there is one person talking. Because the rest, streaming used to, uh, when we had uh, more like COVID and this lockdowns, used to be something people hungered after in the form of like connection. But now it's like a secondary media and it's so hard because people think that, oh, but there's nobody there or nobody comes. But it takes time, it takes time building up. So you have to start, have to try and just have fun with it. There is so easy to say, just like play these in these games. But people will see if you don't have fun. That is like the first thing they clock you on if you don't have fun. So or whatever you want to do, if you want to like play games that makes you feel horrible well then then that's the feeling you want people to know you have though but <laughs> they will see if this is not what you want to do yeah i think other than that it's just like don't overdo it get connections with other ask and get friends have fun play games you want to play not games that just is popular and if you really 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 want to go for it the best streaming advice i have is do not stream make content on other platforms if you if you really really want have started have done it now know what to do, streaming is not going to get you anywhere. You need to be a, a TikToker and a Twitter and everything else at the same time. That is just how it is today. But start first getting to know it and feel good, and then yeah. So with all of this, what have you got planned next? Uh, being stressed, that is what I got <laughs> planned next. <laughs> no, but when we are recording this. We are one month away before PlayStation comes out with their access controller. So my plan is just to hibernate until that one comes out and then make all the content. I have so much planned and I'm I'm like, I take Skillshare classes to learn how to like film things better so I can show it off better and like looking forward to that. Also started to uh, have, but that's like locally though, but like having stands like at like where you can go and we have like conventions for like mobility aids and stuff. And then I go there and show people accessible game equipment. I don't sell anything, but I show it off in a form of like, hey, know that if you have a disabled kid or if you're disabled yourself, you can still game. And if you have any questions, I'm there to answer them so that... I give something back to the local community. And that has been really, really fun. I've got a lot of mails from people, especially, um, which I think is, uh, it seems to be something, but uh, a lot of blind people that I met on these conventions were like, oh, but I don't play anymore because nothing is accessible for me because they used to when they were a kid, but then it just turned out to be inaccessible when their condition got worse. And then now I was just like, but you now you can game. Have you heard about The Last of Us? And then they send me mail, mail and go like, okay, I want to try. What do I need? <laughs> give, me the, <laughs> give me the list of things I need to try this and then have a conversation about that. And I think that is fun. 
content creating can be yeah sometimes you feel it's a bit of a selfish thing to do because it's a, bit, a lot about me 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 so doing those local things not saying necessarily that i know the answer to everything but i'm there to show people that there is a start so they get curious and figure it out for what their specific needs are has been really really good so yeah incredible well i look forward to, to hearing your thoughts on the uh the accessibility controller from PlayStation. Ah, yes. He's on the cusp of buying a PS5. He just doesn't know it yet. He's, uh, he's absolutely <laughs> not. His wife wants to wants uh, <laughs> him to buy her one for Christmas, and he'll do it. No, I, <laughs> I absolutely will not be doing that, I can assure you. So, where can people find you? My, I am a Revia everywhere. If somebody else can spell it out for me, because I'm a dyslectic Norwegian and I cannot spell, so absolutely. So it's A R E V Y A. Yeah, because it's a bit of a weird name, right? So it's a bit hard. But yeah, you find me there. I stream on Twitch and now YouTube at the same time every Sunday. So if you want some silly indie game, you can always come there. And then I show off the accessibility in game, play the game and let people ask me questions on the fly. So if you have a game that you want to check me to check out because you want it, but you're not sure if you can play it, I can check it out live for you. And every single week I do TikTok content. And once in a blue moon, I post a really, really good YouTube <laughs> about <laughs> accessibility. But yeah, so I am everywhere. Or if you don't use TikTok, because some people just really hate TikTok, I am on Instagram with the absolutely same content that I am on, on TikTok. And of course, as always, I will put all of your links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's been really interesting, but it's been incredible to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really nice. Thank I'll you. See you soon. That was Arabia. Interesting chat. I learned a lot because I didn't have a clue about Twitch or streaming or games and stuff before. So thanks. Do you, do you think there's potentially games that you would try? Was it Last of Us? Mm. Is that the one? Mm. Yeah, I'm up for that. I'm, I, I used to love gaming pre-blindness. So yeah, I'd get into it again. That means you won't be able to go outside. It's an indoor hobby. Good for the winter. Yeah. That is true. So we hope you enjoyed that interview there. It was really great to chat to Arevia. So we'll be back next week with another episode. As I mentioned, there will be all the links in the show notes, including how to get hold of our lovely guest. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, Norwegian. Thank you for listening to Seesaw Podcast. Your feedback and comments mean a lot to us, so if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in the following ways. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. And you can also join us at SeesawPodcast.com. Remember to like, rate, review, and share with a friend. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.